0: I speak to you in the name of the living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. To see those little choristers, I get an advantage because I'm sitting there and I get to see them um, singing their little hearts out. And it just does my heart such good with their little mouths open wide, singing so sweetly. So back in the early months of 2017... My mother-in-law, who we called Mimi, turned yellow. That's right, she turned yellow. Steve and his sister took her to the doctor's office because she wasn't feeling well, and she was yellow. Her coloring wasn't good. Yellow was never a good thing. And under the fluorescent lights of the doctor's office, her skin looked like the color of one of those little buttercup flowers. Well, they're actually weeds. Do y'all remember those when I was a little girl? We would pick those, and you'd put them under your little chin, and if your chin turns yellow, they say, Well, you like butter. Yeah, I do. Did y'all ever have that, or am I the only one? Oh, some of you did. Yay! Y'all like butter, too, I bet. That was the beginning of a long, hard few months with our Mimi. Mimi. The doctor told her that she needed to go to the hospital, but because she wasn't very fond of hospitals, and who is, it took her a few days to decide to go. Mimi was precious, but she was also a little stubborn. And once she did, once she decided to finally go, she never returned to her home of more than 50 years Mimi went to the hospital where she had had to have a minor surgery, and then she went to a rehab facility where she was supposed to get stronger to go home, and at first she did get a little stronger, and then she just got weaker and weaker. Mimi made a turn for the worse and ended up going to the emergency room by ambulance. Many of you have probably experienced the same kind of thing. At that time, the hospital that they took her was renovating its emergency room. So we walked into utter chaos. People were everywhere. Gurneys were in the hallways with people crying for help. Little rooms closed off by curtains, which of course we all know don't block out any noise. Doctors and nurses were scurrying around, caring for the ill and the afflicted. I think we were even sitting, waiting to go in to see her in what might have been um, an old, one of those little cubbyhole places. It was absolute chaos. Bright lights, the smell of sickness wafted through the air. Wall-to-wall people trying to figure out what was next. I'm sure people wondered Will this be the day that my healing will begin? Will I get better? So I went back to Mimi's little room where they were treating her. The ambulance had just pulled her in there and the nurses were working to cut her pants off. And I'm not even sure why they had to cut her pants off, but they were. And so I was trying to kind of just be there for her and being a calming presence. And um, Mimi's tiny little voice, and she hadn't spoken that day when she took a turn, Mimi's tiny little voice, she looked up and she saw me and she said, Sarah, help me. I'll never forget it. I got close to her little ear and I said, Mimi, it's going to be okay. They're here to help you. And in this morning's gospel lesson, we find ourselves in a different kind of emergency room. It's a pool where the sick would gather Instead of waiting on doctors and nurses to help, they waited on the waters to stir. The man we hear in the gospel lesson this morning had been waiting to be healed for 38 years. Maybe you can picture it with me. The pool was surrounded by large walls with four porticos leading down into the waters, sick people lying everywhere. Some blind, some crippled, some even paralyzed. Perhaps if you were a passerby, all you would hear was endless waves of groans. Perhaps the people of Jerusalem were not fazed by the people lying around the pool, waiting on those waters to stir. Interestingly, some ancient Greek copies add add to the verse 3 that we read this morning. And it says, And they waited for the waters to move. A few later copies even add a verse 4. If you look in your lectionary little leaflet, you'll see that there's not a verse 4 in your reading today. And the verse 4 that was added later says, Sometimes an angel of the Lord came down to the pool and stirred up the water. After the angel did this, The first person to get into the pool was healed from any sickness that he had. So tradition tells us that when the waters of the pool would bubble up periodically, and when that happened, the first person to get in would be healed. Some people believed that that bubbling water was caused by the brush of an angel's wing. We don't know how many times this happened a day. So when they saw the stirring water, they worked to be first to get in that water. Some probably did an army crawl and some might have scooted. The blind probably did their best to get up and stepped over people and tripped to make their way to the water. You can imagine it looked like chaos, I'm sure. Day after day, watching and waiting watching and waiting for those waters to bubble so they could be first to get in. Desperation lingered in the air like large black clouds. Thornton Wilder wrote a short play titled, The Angel That Troubled the Water. He has the invalid in his play cry out, I shall sit here without ever lifting my eyes from the surface of the pool. I shall be next. Many times ever since I have been here, many times the angel has passed and stirred the waters and hundreds have left the hall leaping and crying for joy. I shall be the next. But it was not to be. Every time he got himself up, pulling his crippled body up to a standing position to head towards that pool, somebody else beat him to it. I mean, I know what that feels like. And he was left disappointed again and again. If he had been coming there for 38 years, and the water was troubled an average of, let's say, once a day, then that would mean that he had been disappointed 13,870 times. That would make anyone feel deep despair. And to make matters worse, it seems that this pitiful individual had no friends to help him into the pool. Perhaps at first he had some friends who brought him to the pool, but they had long since Seemed to have become weary of him and lost interest in his case. Perhaps they had grown tired of his constant whining and complaining. I just can't get in. Maybe you can picture him. Maybe you know somebody like him. When he first made it to the pool, he was probably a young man with black hair, eager to be healed, watching and waiting, watching and waiting. Through the years, he had become an older man, more tired, perhaps even more cynical. Now gray hairs rim his face. The man in our story has experienced 38 years or 14,000 days of disappointment until... Jesus showed up. I can picture Jesus walking through the portico and chatting with some of the people who were lying around waiting for those waters to stir. And then Jesus' eye caught the man who had been sick for such a long time, even a longer time than Jesus had even been alive. Probably he was the most pathetic, the most desperate, And Jesus asks him, do you want to be made well? For us, this can sound like a little absurd that Jesus would even ask him the question. Of course he wants to be made well. But I like to notice what Jesus didn't ask him. He didn't ask, Who has helped you around here? Or which one of your family members or your friends has not been your helper? Or he didn't even ask which one of these people have gotten in your way or which one have stepped on you or stepped over you. Jesus is looking at the man saying, I'm asking about you. I care about you. I'm sure many walked past by that pool, ignoring the sick, but not Jesus. He did not have to stop. I'm sure that there were many more sanitary crowds in Jerusalem. Surely there were more enjoyable activities. After all, this was the time for the special feast. It was an exciting time in the holy city. People had come from miles away to gather and meet God in the temple. But little did they know that God is at the pool with the sick. God is walking slowly, stepping gingerly between the beggars and the blind. Little do they know that the strong young carpenter who assessed the porticos of pain by the pool is God. God is standing with the man who had been lame for 38 years, and he asked, Do you want to be made well? I hear frustration and some blame, perhaps even some excuses, when the man says that people have been stepping on me and over me, and I just can't seem to get to the pool when the water is stirred. I need some help getting in. For 38 years, he had been stepped on and stepped over, and this man's problems had become his way of life. He had no hope forever being healed and no desire to even help himself anymore. His situation looked hopeless until the God of hope enters his life. On this day, he met the one who cared about his need. Jesus tells him to get up, take up your mat and walk. He didn't need the stirred waters of the pool that day because the living water spoke a new life into him on that day. N.T. Wright tells us that when Jesus says, "'Get up,' the word is regularly used in the New Testament to describe the resurrection. On that day, the man's old life was gone and he was made new." That's the way that God works. The living water, Jesus, flows into the world, bringing healing and new possibilities. When that man was made well, when he took up his mat and he walked out from that pool, up the stairs and out into the world, he had a new life, new hope because of the living water that flowed out of Jesus into the man and then out into the world. We live in a world riddled with sickness and pain and brokenness and strife. When God sent Jesus to earth, Jesus went to the places where pain and death lived. He performed miracle after miracle, healing after healing. Jesus went to the pool of Bethzatha that day. Beth-Zatha is a combination of two words. Ba'eth, which means house, and hesed, which means God's loving kindness. God's loving kindness was poured out unto that man that day. Again and again, the loving kindness of God is poured out into the world, into the world that we live in. And because of Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross and his glorious resurrection, we find Jesus here with us now in this very place of God's loving kindness. Jesus is still, still where people need healing. Whether it's here, or a cafeteria, a community pool, or a chaotic emergency room, Jesus is with us. Jesus cares about our needs. His loving kindness is poured out with his body and his blood. And I like to think that maybe, just maybe, when my precious Mimi was moved to that, from that emergency room to the hospice facility, and she laid on her deathbed, drawing her last breath, just maybe, Jesus whispered in her ear, it's time to get up, take up your mat, and follow me home. Amen.